Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome, everybody, to the Busted Opens Master's Class. We are celebrating Spanish and Latin Heritage Month, and all of us have had numerous accounts of wrestling Latin talent, and we are going to definitely give you guys the best that we got, uh, Tommy Dreamer, uh, the heart and soul of ECW, and one of the best baby faces to ever grace the grandest stage of them all. Thank and you. right there, the man, the myth, the legend, the best tag team wrestler of all time, as Dave LeGreco would say. I would say the best bully the <laughs> business has ever seen. Bully Ray, what's up, guys? How are you hello, today? Hello, Mark Henry. Hello, world's strongest man and lead host of the master's class today. How are you? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know about leading, but I'll just tell you what. I'm enjoying myself uh, being with you guys and being able to express uh, our love and admiration for uh, the Latin community and pro wrestling. It did a lot for me as a kid. Um, I, I, I guess my I, I would say my favorite as a kid was Jose Lothario being a Texas boy and being able to see him wrestle at the Beaumont Civic Center with my grandmother. But Tommy, who, who's the guy that uh, you worked with and had the greatest relationship with from the Latin community? Uh, well, I got to go with my pick being WWE Hall of Famer, Johnny Rods. He's the man who trained me. He was so amazing of a trainer and there are times now at 51 years old I still go back and I'm like damn it Johnny was right which as you know normally pisses you off when your trainer's still right but uh, I think about him and what he used to do and he used to get in the ring with Damien Demento in Gleason's gym no air conditioning and wrestle him for an hour and then get in the ring with Bill DeMott and wrestle him for 30 minutes and then get in the ring with Taz for 30 minutes and then get in the ring with me for 15 minutes and never leave the ring. And we would bump him. He would have straight up matches, but like our training sessions with one guy. And I know as you know, and I think about his age where he was probably around my age now. Mm. And I don't know if I'd be in the ring for two hours trying to train these people. But back in the day, if you're, were a trainer, your reputation, your everything was based upon your guys. And that's why 
he was so hands-on with them. And like he's a WWE Hall of Famer. If you look at his career, he had a long career, and he was kind of Vince McMahon Sr.'s tester for everybody who came in to the company, and he would have these matches. And in some cards, because uh, I'm watching it now on the Peacock Network, he would come in as a straight-up babyface, or he was great as a heel, but he would always turn whatever he was supposed to do with his opponent that he was facing. And I just think about like you hear brutal tales about people stretching people. And, and I don't think those guys are tough. Never did because you don't know what you're doing. He taught me lessons and put me in hold. So I respected them and then helped me fight out of them. Or if I got up the wrong way, I would always say this people and bully knows this he's trained people. Um, so have I, you get up the wrong way. You could break your wrist. You could break your, your fingers. And he would like, just do things like go and step on your fingers, but not to break them to be like, see what can happen. Or you're in my space or taking a drop kick. And then a guy landing on you was just so key to my training and how hands on he was and how much he made me respect the business that I love so much. And then I also look at his body of work. I know he had a, a hand in training Jose Estrada, and that goes back to when he was like in his prime and wrestling. And a lot of the lessons he, he taught me too, when, you know, Vince told him to leave because you're so good and we want to push you. And he said, Hey, I made a mistake. You know, I, I went to California. I got over immediately as Java Rook. He was doing like a chic gimmick. And then, but his first wife, missed him and it was either me or the biz and he chose to come back. And that's why he did a lot of the jobs uh, that he did for the rest of his career, but he still was employed. But I think about the guys that he trained and I don't want to miss or, or feel if I left anybody out, it's just because I forget, but it's Damien Demento, Bill DeMott, Taz, myself, Devon, Angel of the Baldies, Matt Stryker, Big Cass, um, Marty Bell, Masha Slamovich. Those are people just off the top of my head. Time out. Okay. You're forgetting uh -oh. his very first student. Who? Who was Johnny Rod's first student? I don't know. Big Dick Dudley. Oh, yes, you are right. Wow, Alex, I mean, and I'm one of our hundreds. best friends. Man, I, I totally so forgot guys. Before, before Johnny had Gleason's gym, had had the wrestling school in Gleason's gym where it is now, and where it's you know where it's it's a legendary location for boxing and wrestling. Johnny was in a separate warehouse, and from what Alex Big Dick Dudley had told me, it was just the ring, and a light, one light bulb a screw in light bulb thrown over a beam. And that's what he trained under one light bulb. And that's all that mm. they had. So yeah, add him to that, that great list of, of talent. And I'm sure there's a lot more that I'm forgetting. And please, if you're listening, don't, uh, don't, don't get be offended. Hot. Don't get <laughs> hot. Johnny, get, uh, but he was an amazing trainer and, and I do. And I, and I think about the biggest thing when, and I don't have it. He had patience and he had patience with, Ev, like all of his students that I would train for. And like, he's just like, he did everything for me in the sense of he taught me how to bump. He taught me how to work. And, and, but he was key in those, in those baby years where 
you know, there, there's just, there's not enough people like that where he was so hands-on. And then again, like I said, because of age, you don't, you can't be that hands-on in the ring. Your mind wants to, but your, your body can't do it. But there, there's how much of experience he taught me. And then like I do, I watch him all the time especially now. And I'll be like, crap, I'm doing some of the, I'm doing Johnny stuff or like me and Devon would be like, look, you're doing Johnny sunset flip to the side, or you're taking the Johnny slow bump. And, and it's just, and when I meet other people that were trained by Johnny, we have a connection because, Hey, we were both broken by the same guy. And Bully, I see your face. Like you, 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 you're going to chime in here. Like uh, you're gonna comment on on Johnny Rods or, or or who's who's the guy that? No, 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 no. It. I want I want to back up what Tommy said about Johnny about you know the the guys that they trained him starting to work like Johnny. Thus the term a Johnny guy. Mm. There's a terminology in the business, and this is old school. You always knew who a Johnny guy was because Johnny Rods broke in his students and his talent the same way you could tell by the way they moved in the ring you could tell by their psychology that's a johnny guy and what that meant to me was that that talent had an extremely solid foundation in the basics in which you can do anything that you wanted with it's like if you go to mcdonald's in new york if you go to mcdonald's in texas and if you go to mcdonald's in in los angeles you're getting the same big mac the same quarter pounder with cheese because they follow the same recipe same thing with johnny and the talent you knew a, a, a talent man or woman who was trained by johnny rods uh, Bubba, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Homicide train by him too? And you and Devon did something with uh, a whole angle there, or was we, yeah, we did do something in TNA with Johnny. Now, uh, the the big misconception is that I was trained by Johnny. Also, I wasn't. I wish I was, but you know, uh, things kind of worked out. Uh, but yeah, I, and I spent a couple of days in in Johnny's school. As a matter of fact, my very first day in a wrestling school ever was in Gleason's gym and me and Devon crossed paths probably about seven years before we ever realized that we were brothers and that we had the same father and different mothers. So yeah, it was pretty interesting. You mentioned bump awareness uh, with, with Johnny Rods and, um, and Tommy, you mentioned uh, bump awareness. Um, was that one of the things that Johnny Rod really expressed like bumping the right way uh, first off the bat, or did he jump into it with both feet with the whole business? No, dude, it was for me, it, it was the whole business and it's respect for the business. Okay. And the biggest thing, like he always was like, you have to do this right. And, and you all know this, your fundamentals, when it's your fundamentals are, are perfect. And he'd be like, accidents happen, but it's so you don't get hurt. And then it's also because his generation and my generation too, if you got hurt, you didn't eat. And I remember him telling me that all the time. And that, you know, this was before guaranteed contracts, all that stuff. And I mean, he, he was right. He's another one of those things. He was just like, it's always your fundamentals as from your, from your lockup to your headlock, to your tackle, to your drop down. He was so key on those things. And then he'd be like, and everything else, would grow. And then the other thing that what they don't have them anymore, but the hubcaps and the spokes on the, the wheel, 
he would always talk about. And he's like, and if one of those is off, your hubcaps look like shit, but the whole car ain't going to run right. And he was right. Bully, let's go to you. Who's, who's the guy that you work with? Well, here's the thing. When I, when I first heard about that, we were going to uh, be talking about this uh, topic for Hispanic Heritage Month. I thought to myself, all right, as a fan, who did I uh, love and appreciate? And as a professional, who did I enjoy work with and have good chemistry with? As a fan, Tommy, I know you're going to agree with this because we both grew up with him in the Northeast was Pedro Morales. Sure. And the one word that comes to mind when I think of Pedro Let's see if our fat minds think alike, Tommy. What's the one word that comes to mind when you think about Pedro Morales? Fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I ate it. Oh, I need a shot of test now. <laughs> oh, 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 what did I write here? Oh, God. I wrote Pedro, baby face fire. Yep. Ugh, I hate you. Go there, it is. there it is. Mark uh, Pedro had so much fire. And I remember that as a, uh, as a kid, he would clap his hands like this and he would get so fired up and the people were so behind him. He was a former WWF world heavyweight champion, but he's most yeah. known for his, you know, intercontinental championship run. So as a, as a kid, it was uh, definitely Pedro for me. As a professional, I tried to pick one of these two guys, but I couldn't, and they're pretty easy picks. It's Rey Mysterio, and it's Eddie Guerrero. Um, me and Devon got to work with a lot of tag teams that people don't necessarily remember being in a tag team. Well, at one time, they put Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Dam together, and uh, myself, Devon, Rob, and Ray. We tore the house down on a nightly basis. Styles make a fight. And, you know, between the styles of the Dudleys and Ray and Rob, it, it just, it came together and it worked so well. And as you well know, Mark and Tommy working with Ray, you never worried about bumping for Ray. Ray is considerably smaller than all of us, but the way Ray's psychology and how we all built up to wanting to bump for Ray or making it make sense to bump for Ray. You never thought you were bumping for or selling for a smaller guy where it wasn't believable. So, uh, you know, Ray, Ray, you know, was, you know, uh, fantastic to work with, took everything like a champ. Bullet, then, yep. was there was there a, a specific thing that um, you you learned from Ray or that you realized that was Ray's way? I don't think I learned anything. I think I think as a professional, it's your job to know all of the strengths and weaknesses of the guys that you're working with. What does he do really, really well? And how can I help? to make it better? How can I shine him up? And in turn, he needs to do know everything that I do or we do and how he can shine us up because nobody gets over on their own in that ring. You always no. need somebody. If, if, if any of us were working together, like I know Tommy, like the back of my hand, I know what Tommy's strengths are. I know what Tommy's weaknesses are vice versa. And thus we try to bring the best out of one another by trying to hide the other's deficiencies. And most of the time, the deficiencies is when our 
shirt rolls up and our belly is exposed. So we mm. try to pull it down. Um, so, uh, you know, working with Ray, we all knew what we were good at. Ray and Rob being the high flyers, me and Devon being the ground and pound. And we had such great chemistry. And like now I was talking about the next guy, which is a no brainer. It's Eddie Guerrero. Once again, myself and Devon or myself and Spike versus Eddie and Benoit. I always had a good chemistry in the ring with, with Eddie to the point where one night it got really, really serious. Uh, 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 and me and Eddie had a match. And man, Eddie was laying it in and I was laying it in back. And we had we had a really great match. <laughs> Eddie was a little pissed off about the match and we had to have a talk about it afterwards. Me, Eddie, Vince, and Michael Hayes. And, uh, you know, we, we, we came to an agreement on, on the, our differences in the ring. We shook hands, we hugged. And then I remember the next week, Pat Patterson pulling me on the side and, and he said to me, well, what the hell was everybody so upset about? Let's watch this match together. And Pat Patterson sat down and, and watched uh, my match with Eddie Guerrero. And this was a singles match. And Pat's like, that's one of the best singles matches I've ever seen you have. And I was really proud of it. Um, but I loved being in there with Eddie because he had that fire. If you laid into Eddie a little bit, he'd lay back into you. And you know who should we, we probably should have brought on today we, as a special guest since Dave is not here. We probably should have brought on Bradshaw because nobody knows what it's like to work with the best version of, of Eddie Guerrero than JBL. Exactly. Man, that's, that is beautiful. Um, what about you, Mark? I, you know what, man? I, I could not wrap my brain around one person. So I picked one family. And that is the Colon family. And I first was introduced um, to the family by Carlito. Um, Carlito came in. We had a great time on the road. Um, we, we wrestled a couple of times, but it was nothing really serious. We were opening second, third match guys. And then all of a sudden, um, Carlito was out and up and coming Primo and Epico came in and were a tag team. They, they did several different variations of gimmicks and, and then finally just them being them, um, became the, the tag team that I, I grew to love working me and big show me and MVP as Powerball and worked against them. Uh, so we had dozens and dozens of matches. The, the best thing about wrestling them guys is we finally got to start doing tours in Puerto Rico and they introduced me to their father and uh, Carlos. I had heard hundreds of stories about Carlos Colon, but I had never met him. And to sit down and eat with him and talk to him, you know, is always going to get to eating. And uh, he told me, he's like, look, I want, I want to take you to where I'm from. And he was from an area in Puerto Rico that Carlos was a dark-skinned Puerto Rican. And there's an area where there is more African colonized. And he, he was a black man, considered himself a black man that was Spanish. And... I don't know if I ever had a connection uh, with one of the boys' dads before. And he, he just treated me like one of his, um, asked me what my aspirations were. And he said, can you do me a favor? 
And I said, yeah, whatever you need. And he was like, I want you to look after my boys because, you know, I know how the business is and you need somebody that, you know, has your back. And I said, yes, sir, I got you. And so I had a personal connection with the family. And Primo, uh, man, I just had so much respect for him because he was like, a very smooth wrestler. And a lot of times smooth wrestlers don't get over. They, they're just so effortless and they, they never take a false step and they, they bump for everybody like it's uh, like WrestleMania. Like he was that guy. Epico, on the other hand, <laughs> wanted to get his shit in. He was going to drop, he wanted to do all the offense. He wanted to do everything. And, uh, he, would, he would do the comeback. Like, you know, so uh, they were completely different wrestlers, but when you put them together, um, man, they were really, really good. And I, I enjoyed working with them. Carlito, he did not get along with the office. <laughs> and, and thus him not working for WWE very long. But the time that Carlito was with WWE, it was so impactful. I mean, a three-year period, he, he, he wrestled with all of the best guys. You know, you put him in there, and, and, and he, could, he could spell however much time you wanted. It didn't matter how much time you gave him. Carlito was definitely, he was definitely one of those flavor of the month guys for a while. Yeah, I mean, but you, you have a guy that only wrestled with the company for three or four years, and then... You, you look at his history, the, the, the chewing the apple and spitting the apple in your face and, and doing stuff. He got over. Yep. I mean, he was extremely over character with the company. His biggest, uh, his two biggest knocks, because I was in developmental with him as well, was he just, and I said this, he did everything. Like they thought he was lazy, but he, it was because he did everything so effortlessly because right. he's a second generation wrestler and was wrestling since he was a little kid. But, and, but he loved the industry and he loves, I mean, he still does still to this day. And, and one of my favorite opponents uh, to be in the ring with, but he just did everything like so smooth and effortlessly. It was just like, Oh, like maybe he doesn't want it. And plus he never wanted to play the political game. So that's a, that was another big reason, but yeah, man, he did have an impactful run uh, in the WWE. And when he came back within what, a couple of years ago before the pandemic, I mean, they offered him a deal and he was just like, eh, I'd rather do other things. Like, you know, he was doing the, he did, he's doing a lot more acting and stuff like that, but he's a super duper talented guy. And now he's a body guy in great shape. Tommy, I'm just curious, but uh, with sharing the same fat brain again, you guys are talking about smooth and effortless. So when you think about the smoothest and most effortless wrestler, who comes to mind? Hmm. Smooth and effortless? Lance Storm. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Y'all need to fucking get on one of these talk shows. Y'all need to be on a talk show. Did y'all just share one brain? Damn. We got to go on the newlywed game. 
<laughs> That's what yeah, did we win yeah, the new yeah. game? We did it. Yeah. You you won it before. <laughs> you you won that before. <laughs> oh my God. Man, this this has been awesome, man. Oh, um, boy. I I love the fact that we're able to do this the Spanish heritage um collection because it's an important thing. And um representation means everything when it's you that's trying to be identified and to the Latin community and the Spanish community. Uh, we thank you for your offerings, all of the greatest uh, wrestlers of all time. And we talked about some of the greatest, we didn't talk about all of them, but the ones that we had interactions with. And I love the fact that we was able to do this together, boys. Arriba. Well, guys, uh, it's been it's been a great episode. Um, you can definitely get back with us anytime. Follow us on every platform that you can. Um, Dave does it better when he mentions that. I, I can't remember all of the download the busted open pod class, the master's class. Like Apple, us, Spotify. subscribe to us, feed us, yeah. do everything us because we love you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we, this has been the master's class, and we will see you next week. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.